The Push Podcast, people united for spina bifida and hydrocephalus. A podcast created to bring people together and to amplify the voices, stories, and abilities of our spina bifida and hydrocephalus community. B is for the people, both big and small. U is for the unity that gathers us all. S for spina bifida, A is for hydrocephalus. Say the push to the world, never let them get the best of us. Hey, what's going on? My name is Danny Lamb, and I'm your host of the Push Project Podcast. I was three years old when I was diagnosed with hydrocephalus, and I'm passionate about using my abilities to connect our community and to create a space for others to feel empowered to share their story. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please don't hesitate to subscribe, find us on Facebook and Instagram, or to be a featured guest, please email us at asongacity at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to having you. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Push Project podcast. I always get so nervous a little bit reaching out to somebody who's like popped up in an Instagram feed a few times and, you know, I've seen them doing things, but I don't really know them. And and so then they're like, I don't know, I have this this moment where I'm like, I want to know them. I want to reach out to them and like actually have a conversation and see if they'll come on the podcast. And I always get a little nervous because I always hope that it's not like a no, go away. I don't know. (laughs) And it was not a no. It was not a no. We've got today, Riley Fritz. Riley, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good, 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 good. Again, thank you. For not saying no when, you know, me, the stranger is reaching out to say, hey, this is what we're doing. Do you want to come on? We'd like love to have a proper conversation with you. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious to know right off the bat, where are you from? Where do you call home? So it's a small little area in northern Ohio called Mineral Ridge. It literally is just basically a street is my town. Yeah. Because we're in between two huge towns, hmm. but nobody knows where we are. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird question I always ask uh, with regards to small towns. But how many people live in your town? Um, maybe a little over a thousand. Okay, it's cool. it's very small. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Growing up, I think I asked I asked specifically that question because growing up, I grew up on the outskirts of a town of about, I think at that time it was like 13,000 or something like that. And I consider that pretty small. My little village had a lot less people in it. But um, but yeah, 1,000 is pretty small. <laughs> we know everybody's business. Like People knew I was moving before I knew I was moving. Yeah. <laughs> is that now let me ask you is it would you do you think that's a a pro or a con that everybody knows your business i think it's a pro because Mm. i grew up as a first responder cool um child Mm. and so everybody knows who my dad is they know his story they know that he's like a hero to a lot of people Mm. and actually we live in the former fire chief of our town his house we moved into his house no way cool yeah cool that's awesome we like came in really 
They're like, this is this is our house. <laughs> That's wicked. That's so so like your yeah. family's kind of a big deal in your town. Um, for my dad's funeral, because he had like a like a basically a cheese funeral, so it's like very nasty. It's like the president came, right. basically. Yeah. And um there was a line out the building of every fire department, every police officer, even the owner of Home Depot came. Wow. Wow. It, it was crazy. We had to move it to the biggest high school in our town oh because there were so many people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, mm-hmm. My gosh. Thank you for sharing that story. And, and I'm sorry for your loss. Um, now, I did want to... I want to kind of dive in a little bit to some more of your story, um, specifically right off the bat to start your passion. Um, I know you're passionate about a fashion and makeup, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So firstly, can you tell me a bit about how or when you became passionate about these two things? So I've always been like into makeup and fashion like i literally watch movies just for the makeup and the fashion stuff yeah. like, i don't care about the movie and um <laughs> so maybe about five years ago mm. um right after my dad passed away i went to a concert and the guy said that i had like great fashion sense and makeup and he felt like that was like my calling mm. and then so i kind of dabbled in it a little bit here and there because it wasn't mm. really a big thing back then yeah and then about over a year i got signed to a modeling agency for wow. disabilities called gamut it's g-a-m youtube yeah. um and it's owned by mindy shire she runs the nonprofit profit of dreams she saw my content and reached out to me and asked me if i would be interested in modeling and then she opened up clubs at every university not every but we're trying um yeah. And I got to be in their fashion show last year. And now this year I get to run the club. So it's kind of like slowly becoming more and more like a big thing because it is something that needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, you're kind of a big deal. I had no idea. (laughs) I love this. I love it. Riley. So, so cool. Um, Um. I absolutely love it. And I, I want to dive deeper into, into some of that stuff. I understand that. Um, and as you just kind of started uh, briefly alluding to, um, you are specifically passionate about changing fashion and makeup to be more inclusive for people with disabilities. And one of your biggest dreams, you, you told me earlier, uh, is to own your own makeup brand with employees that have disabilities and makeup products that are adaptive and friendly. Am I right? Okay, so um, I'm curious to know, why do you think fashion and makeup um, and the representation and inclusivity of people with disabilities within um, the fashion and makeup industry uh, can be influential in creating positive change, breaking stigma and stereotypes about, about people who live with spina bifida and or hydrocephalus or disability in general? So when I was a little girl, I always noticed there was never somebody that looked like me mm. on TV or in commercials. Or if they were, they were somebody without a disability. Mm. And and I always thought that was kind of strange because to me, it's normal to yeah. have a disability. Yeah. And um, 
so when I got signed and stuff, I kind of made it my mission to like help younger kids get opportunities and show what they deal with. Yeah. Um, I work with my hospital actually on their spine and bifida clinic to help all the pediatric patients because once you become an adult you're like in this gray area where nobody knows what to do with you and so i kind of combined the two because i heard from a lot of them that they don't see anybody that looks like them they don't see clothes that they could put on by themselves because they have um dexterity issues or they have mobility issues or they have a disability where it's somebody has to physically put something on them Mm. and it's becoming something that's very frustrating for a lot of them because I know how to adapt to it. They don't because they're little. Yeah. 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 How did, can I actually ask? So speaking of you now knowing how to adapt versus somebody younger who doesn't, they're experiencing these things for the first time. They don't necessarily know what to do or how to do it. When, when, or how did you start to figure out how to adapt? my dad passed away just because everything became like crazy yeah. um but it's slowly like day by day i figure something else out that i can do by myself yeah yeah okay um um we talk uh, i mean we talk a lot on here uh about the power of of mentorship and kind of paving the way for like younger generations. And I, I love that you you mention it and, and the work you do through fashion and makeup, modeling, the work you do through that lens of representation and, and modeling the way for a younger generation. Because it it is, I think anyways, and I think one of the one of the many ways beyond the spina bifida and hydrocephalus connection between you, you and myself is uh is is the passion for modeling the way for a younger generation to um to to be even better off than than we were and and continue that trend of like changing the world through our passions and and changing people's lives through through our passions and i i love that thank you thank you for for a doing the work that you do and uh, and for putting that light into the world because it's it's so important um Speaking, kind of speaking of that, if there was one thing right now that you could change about makeup and or fashion to be more inclusive, what would it be? Having employees on their team that actually test the product for every disability Hmm. because they might check it for like a specific need, but it's not necessarily something that's going to benefit everybody as a community. So then you find errors and everything because it wasn't made for somebody with an amputee or somebody with down syndrome or somebody with autism yeah yeah um can i ask you in your experience what has been the most common the most through the lens of fashion and or makeup what's been the most common consistent thing that you've experienced that's not inclusive definitely mascara in the makeup world yeah um even just as simple as like opening a bottle Mm. because a lot of people can't twist so they have to like hold their hand like that and press down real hard yeah or like lashes i actually work for a brand that 
um, mixed magnetic lashes. So they're like accidentally adaptive. Right. That wasn't necessarily their, their intention, but it happened. Yeah. Um, clothing definitely pants. Yeah. Like yeah. pants are a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really are. Yeah. Um. What it it's interesting through this lens. I've been asking. Uh, and honestly, I, I think you, you, you know the sayings around like meant to be type of stuff. Um, I've been asking a lot of questions lately to anyone that has insight around it. I've been asking a lot of questions um, as a musician, as a song, a city, um, you know, as a musician, as my own brand, Danny Lamb and the Association, the merch that I release moving forward, um, I would continue to love to be as inclusive as possible. So I've been asking all kinds of questions in terms of like, what is or isn't what makes something, you know, uh, adaptable and, and inclusive versus what what makes it not. And as an able-bodied person that lives with hydrocephalus, lives with spina bifida occulta, um, I would have never personally, just because of my own experience, unless I was asking the questions and like being curious and, and seeking clarity, I would have never thought that like pockets on the butt, if you're using a wheelchair are pretty useless. And that makes a lot of sense. They also cause pressure sores. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and, and more to the point. Yes. Pressure sores. Um, yeah. Um, and, and again, I, that, that's been, a that's been even a learning for me in the last two years, three years. Um, because I, I've just been trying to figure out like what, how to be truly inclusive through that lens. So, um, honestly, re- really like meant to be little, little conversations here that I love. It's, it's wicked. Um, um, now. I want to take a wee bit of a sidestep for a moment. Um, there's lots, there's lots we could continue to unpack with regards to fashion, makeup, modeling. Uh, I, I'd love to, if you could send me, can you say the name of the agency that you, do you still work with them? Yeah. So the um, company that does the show yeah. is Runway of Dreams. Okay. They were actually on um, Good Morning America yesterday. Cool. And then um, the modeling agency itself is G-A-M-U-T, Gamut. Gamut. Um, and all their employees have a disability of some sort. Like my manager, she's blind. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I want to include that in in the, the little blurb and, and write up below that, that we have on the podcast. So um, th- thank you for, for restating that and, and saying that. I love that. Um, with all that said, I want to sidestep for a moment because I, I know you're a human of 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 many things. And uh uh adding to some of the things you do, uh, you're both learning and teaching sign language, correct? Yep. Gosh, I love it. I, a really good friend of mine uh speaks sign language and uh she taught me my name years ago, um, and I, I forget how to do my name in sign language, but so cool. Love it. Uh, my question is, how long have you been learning it? How long have you been teaching it? And what was it that made you want to learn sign language? 
So I've been learning it off and on my whole life. My mom thought it was like very important because of my disability to at least mm. have something. If I can't talk, I can still communicate. Yeah. And then I've been teaching it almost two years now. I go yeah. to a day program at Kent State. Yeah. And um, it's like life skills and stuff. And they learn how to get a job. One of them, she was worried that if she couldn't communicate with somebody about something how would she be able to do that in an interview right and they said well why don't we learn sign language because it is um becoming just as popular as learning spanish yeah um and it is a completely different language like mm -hmm. it's different than using english and then signing english signing english makes zero sense whatsoever yeah yeah it's yeah, a completely yeah. different thing <laughs> and it's Instagram and TikTok and all these different platforms to be able to teach people and it's it's so much fun <laughs> that's wicked that's wicked can I and and please please tell me if, if not I can even edit this out um can you can you quickly reteach mm -hmm. me my name in sign language sure what, what what's D is this you put your finger yeah and then like a circle yep yeah a and then a is this one so it's your thumb pointing outward that way right and then uh n two n's n is okay so you do the number two Make sure it's like a knuckle sandwich, kind of like that. Together. Yeah, we uh, we call it a knuckle sandwich at okay. school. Okay, so it's the two fingers over your thumb. Okay, doing a knuckle sandwich, and then for two of them, you just do that because okay. it's like a space in between. The okay, fingers. cool, cool, yeah. And then why? And then why is we call it shaka okay. because like. In Hawaiian culture, it's literally yeah. the same thing. This is why, and we say shaka. <laughs> ah, like a like a hang loose. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that's cool! I love that. <laughs> love that. Um, thank you so so much. <laughs> um, that that's really really cool. Love that. Um, do you do you find that? You're you're using it like you're using it pretty often. I subconsciously do it. Like I'll be I'll be talking to somebody and I'm still yeah. signing. It's yeah. the funniest thing ever. That's like cool. the other day. Um, I posted a video for like the first time of me doing sign language like yeah. on myself. Yeah. Um, and it's the um glamorous remix. Okay. So when you like say G L A M, and you just yeah. spell it out, and I did it in ASL. Yes, I'm gonna have to check that out. I didn't see that. When, when did you post that? Um, a couple of days ago. I can actually send it to you. Please, actually. please, yes, that'd be wicked. That'd be so awesome. Um, what what else? Just out of curiosity. So you've got fashion, makeup, modeling, sign language. Is there anything else that you do? Uh, you've got four dogs. What are your dogs' names? Um. Cooper with a K. Yeah. Sophie May, Bentley, and Phoebe. 
Oh my gosh. Love it. I'm sure they keep you busy. They do. They're crazy. (laughs) Oh, but dogs are great. Aren't they? Animals in general are Mm -hmm. great. Oh, love dogs. Um, what else do you do? Is there anything else you do that we're, we're missing, missing here? I used to ride horses since I was two years old and I can ride with my hands out. Nice. Cool. When did you, when did you stop riding horses? Um, so it's a nonprofit. So they put you on a scholarship and my scholarship ran out when I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, can I ask Riley, and this is a little off the cuff, but a big purpose of, as you and I both know, there's a lot of focus when you're, when you're living with spina bifida or hydrocephalus or a disability, there is still to this day, we, you know, we've come a long ways, but there's so far still to go. Um, Mm -hmm. There's still far too much stigma around, um, the human brain and mind going to like what a human who lives with a disability can't do versus all the things that a human living with a disability is doing can do. Mm-hmm. And so a big focus of this podcast through the lens of specifically spina bifida and hydrocephalus, but also disability in general is really putting focus on the voices, stories and abilities of our SBNH community, because we know that locally and globally, there's just so many badass, excuse my language, humans in our community doing cool stuff mm-hmm. to rewrite the narrative, reshape what the future looks like for that next generation. Why do you think it's so important to put those abilities forward and really like own your story and own who you are, own what you do, put people with disabilities in in the boardroom, in the places of power and conversations. Why is that important? I feel like if we always focus on what we can't do, nothing's ever going to change, especially when it comes to like um, brands or companies or even like family members. If they're so worried about the things you cannot do by yourself, you're never going to be able to learn the things you can do. Mm. Yeah. And you're going to be stuck in like this little box. Yeah. And I mean... Nobody really wants to live in a box, do they? No. No. I've never been very good at living in any sort of box. Me neither. I'm like, here's the box, here's me. <laughs> yes. Uh, virtual high five. I think that's the artist in both of us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you know, uh, Riley... I do truly, I, I say it often on the podcast that uh, I, I hope even if, you know, we, we're not talking every day or, or whatever, um, I love through this, we can start this mm-hmm. conversation so we can like be semi real friends now. But then I also love that like every time your social media pops up, I'm going to go, oh, there's Riley. Look at the cool stuff she's doing and repost it and do this and do that. And um, I, I really do. I love that uh, because then, uh, you know, regardless of if we are like chatting all the time, we're we're still uh, we're still out in the world knowing of each other, um, seeing each other doing stuff and and uh and speaking of that next generation, I think that's, you know, that connection and that continuing to um, put ourselves out there is, is important. Um, so 
all, all that to say, I'm so grateful that that you said yes. Sure, I'll come on. Um, because I'm so happy that 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 we can now we can now have this connection. And uh, um, I did have one more thing that I wanted to ask, and and that is, um, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody in our SBNH community or the disability? community in general um who's trying to say maybe get into makeup or fashion but feels nervous to say put themselves out there um let's see don't be afraid because you're part of the change Hmm. you're gonna help other people younger than you even older than you like I i know people who are like double my age and they've never thought of anything like this they thought they had to be like a nine to five job or yeah. they had to work at a grocery store mm. that's not necessarily true so mm. i feel like if you want to do something you should do it because you only got one life and especially with spina bifida stuff can go from zero to hundred very quickly mm-hmm. so if you want to do something you should really honestly do it mm. it's actually a great point uh, I love that point around you just never know what's going to happen. So live, be in the moment and just do it um, because you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, and uh, whether we're talking spina bifida or just like life in general, I think it's such a cliche saying that like you never know what t- tomorrow will bring. But I love those cliche sayings because they're so true. Um, absolutely love that. Riley, again, thank you so, so much. Um, I'm happy that we're like real friends now and you didn't like close the door in my social media face and say, no, man, uh, <laughs> no, not, not interested. I'm grateful, very grateful. Um, because in, in some small way, I do think these little connections and these little things that we're all trying to do within our community and in the world are a part of that bigger change in in moving and shifting the pendulum, moving the pendulum forward, shifting what people define as like, quote unquote, normal, um, and breaking down those barriers and those walls and and things that too many people in our community still face every day. Um, So I'm grateful. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you down the road uh, on social media, um, maybe like in the world someday. Ohio, I'm in Niagara Falls. Ohio and Niagara Falls, Canada aren't very far away. <laughs> it's only a couple hours. Yeah. Like exactly a hours. Heck yes. Heck yes. Um, so anyways, I think your dogs are saying it, it's time. Riley, we need you. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, you're great. Have an incredible day and we'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. Thank you for having me. Of course. My pleasure. We'll see you. Bye. See ya. Bye. Peace for the people, both big and small.